Friends, we can all listen to the sunny side of sports. Great show, bro. This is sunny side of sports. Right here on the Voice of America. Voice of America. Sporty greetings to all our Voice of America listeners, and happy Friday. This is VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. Welcome to the October 14th edition of the Sunday side of sports. Kenyan star Elliot Kipchoge is in contention for his third World Athlete of the Year award. The 37-year-old Kipchoge won the prize in 2018 and 2019, and he's one of 10 nominees for the 2022 award. Last month, the two-time Olympic champion smashed his own world record at the Berlin Marathon. Kipchoge clocked two hours, one minute, and nine seconds, 30 seconds faster than the world record he set in 2018 on the same Berlin course. After his latest record-breaking performance, Elliot spoke with the energetic Andy Edwards about the focus he tries to bring to each race. You, you have uh, all your heart and all your mind at one call. Uh, and the only way to fulfill that call is to concentrate, to put all effort, to put all, uh, all your mind, Peter, uh, even financially on what you are doing. So if you if you actually do ten things, then I don't think you will have time. Your mind cannot handle all of them. So the only thing to to actually uh, uh, make sure you become successful is to actually get one thing, work on it, make sure you finish it in a good way, and then you you forget it. You start another one. Did you? need to take time to learn that uh, or is it something an approach that you've always had I mean I remember thinking seeing you win the 5,000 meters at the world championships Paris 19 years ago did you still have that approach then as a teenager uh, not really you know I have grown from teenager to a big man now is that uh, I've learned a lot and when I say I have grown is that uh, I have learned many things I'm still learning every day but I have known what's what's working and what's not working. And I told what I've, I have found it's working. It's just getting one thing, walk around it, navigate around it, and, and, and actually do the necessary towards that one call and, and perform it. Um, again, I've heard you say about, well, you correct me if I'm wrong, uh, like a month of regeneration or more. You know, it's like after a great day like today, yes. world record, um, just give us a feel of what, what you plan to do the next four weeks or however long regeneration takes. Um, it's actually, uh, I'll, I'll take care of my body. I'll just go to massage, go to uh, ice, ice pad, make sure that uh, I take care of the body again, relax for the mind. Uh, and, and all these things that I'm doing is allowing my muscles actually and my mind for the next thing which is uh, by starting again slowly by slowly for the next season, then I will feel fresh in my body, I will feel fresh in my mind, and it allows me to, to focus again. Today has clearly, obviously, shown that you are the number one in the marathon. And, and of course, we heard before the race in Berlin, your, your rivals, some of them saying, well, Elio Kipchoge, he's my hero. Um, do you think some runners in a way, almost look up to you too much. You know, you know what I mean? That, or, or do people have to... 
try to beat their heroes. Absolutely, yes, and I am happy to hear them. You know, when you're in press conference, everybody's saying I am the hero. Then that's my happiness, you know. Uh, my happiness is not actually... It's my happiness is towards inspiration that I am instilling to them that you need to work hard in order to achieve it. And if you work hard, you will, uh, you will get it. If you will be patient and present, it will pay. So it's, it's, I'm happy when I hear them uh, 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 giving me that chance to be their role model. And I'm really doing all the best to make sure that uh, they follow a good, uh, very good footsteps. Following in the very good footsteps of the record-breaking Elliot Kipchoge. And I know many runners have followed Elliot's very good footsteps this year and in past years. And Elliot spoke with the energetic Andy Edwards last month at the Berlin Marathon in Germany, where he broke his own world record. Hello, listeners. My name is David Temong, the Paralympic silver medal 2016, gold 2017, bronze 2020, Tokyo, Japan. You are listening to sunny side of sport on the Voice of America. Turning to tennis, two of the sport's all-time greats, Roger Federer and Serena Williams, retired this year. Between them, Roger and Serena won 43 Grand Slam singles titles. Federer won 20 major tournaments, and Williams won 23. 41-year-old Serena Williams turned professional in 1995, and Roger Federer, also 41, turned pro in 1998. Many of Serena's professional peers on the Women's Tennis Association Tour commented on her legacy. In this sunny side of sports highlight for 2022, we'll hear from some of them now, starting with world number one Iga Świątek of Poland. Um, she has done so much, and honestly... For me, it's still pretty surreal when I see her and I still feel like, you know, um, I'm just a kid who's who's watching, you know, and um, I watch her my, my whole life. Basically, she, she was everywhere because she always, <laughs> always won uh, and was somewhere in the same finals or, or the finals. So I didn't always feel like um, I'm this kind of player who can like play similar tennis because she always seemed so strong and really stronger than any of her opponents physically uh, but mentally for sure um, she's the one who's going to show you how to use your position and how to kind of intimidate with being number one um, and I'm not I'm trying to do that you know I don't know if it's going well or not we're going to see probably in a couple of months or maybe next season uh, but for sure, she's she's the great example, and especially um, also with how she copes with having business and playing at the same time, or being a mother and playing at the same time. It's just amazing. It's not like uh, many athletes have athletes have done that. So um, I, I I think it, it's great that we have somebody like that in our sport to who cleared the path and kind of show us that you can do anything and sky's the limit that's the 2022 u.s open champion iga sviantek of poland iga also counts two french open titles 
among her three major championships. Naomi Osaka of Japan has won four Grand Slam titles, two Australian Opens, and two U.S. Opens. And Naomi says Serena Williams has a lasting legacy. I think that her legacy is really wide to the point where you can't even describe it in words like she changed the sport so much she's introduced people that have never heard of tennis um into the sport and i think i'm a product of what she's done i wouldn't be here without um serena venus you know her whole family and I'm like very thankful to her and what was really weird is I watched her first match in Toronto before she announced it and for some reason I just started crying because I felt it like I felt like um you know, when I played her in Australia people were like that's the last time she's going to be in Australia I was like dang it I really don't want this to be true and then um I kind of felt like She was gearing up for her last U.S. swing, and I just started crying, and then she announced it the day later, and I was like, oh, my God, like, this is, this is what devastation must feel like, but... Yeah, I mean, it's just really, it really is an honor just to keep watching her play. Meanwhile, 18-year-old American Coco Goff says Venus Williams and Serena Williams are her tennis idols. She says Serena and Venus are the reason she wanted to pick up a tennis racket. And Coco talks about when she first met Serena. Um, so I first met Serena. She doesn't, probably definitely doesn't know this. I don't, I think I was nine or ten years old and um they needed a stunt double to play a young version of her just to face down uh, i think it was for a delta commercial i don't even think they ever used it i don't think they ever used it but that was like my first check i ever got as a kid um so so she doesn't know this but the first money i ever made for myself was because of her doing a commercial so i met her and i stopped by her trailer took a picture and she did yeah i don't she probably doesn't even know but yeah my mom actually sent me a picture like a couple weeks ago of me like waiting um getting my hair done by the people and then i think really just her the way she was able to transcribe in the sport that's predominantly white i feel like that's something as a little girl and even now um just meant a lot to me um especially like growing up there wasn't you know I would say before I was born, there wasn't many. And before Serena came along, there wasn't, you know, not really an icon of the sport that looked like me. And so growing up, I never thought that I was different because, you know, the number one player in the world was somebody who looked like me. So I think that's the biggest thing that I can take from what I've learned from Serena. Then also on a more personal personal level, I got to, you know, have a couple conversations with, with her um, later on in life. And um, I think it's just the way that she handles her, herself and she never puts herself down. And I love that she always elevates herself. And a lot of times being a woman and in the world, a black woman in the world, you kind of settle for less. And I feel like Serena um, just taught me that from watching her. She never settled for less. I don't I can't think of a moment in her in her career, in her life that she settled for less. And I think that's something that I took from and I never me as a person as I'm growing into being an adult and learning um, how to handle things now um, with media and tennis and everything. I'm trying to learn to not settle for less. Coco Goff says Serena's long professional tennis career, spanning almost a quarter century of success, 
is truly amazing. Really impressive. I mean, she won her first U.S. Open years before I was born. So um, I guess part of the, you know, I've seen her career my whole life, but, you know, part of it I didn't see. Um, so, and, it, and, you know, I've missed a lot of it. And even at that point, it seems super long. So um, I think it's just, you know, it's, you know, it's hard to dominate for generations. <laughs> I mean, she showed that, but that's why for me, like, she's always going to be considered the GOAT because she didn't dominate one generation. She didn't dominate dominate two generations she dominated for three plus generations and i don't think anybody else did that so um that's why um it's sad to see her leave but also at the same time um you know she's doing she's going to do completely a bunch of amazing things um off the court i mean she's in the fashion world um she i saw her model walk the runway of a show like we're going to see a lot of serena later on and i think we're going to see a lot of coco goff later on especially on the tennis courts coco reached the quarterfinals at the recent u.s open in new york She's currently ranked eighth among women in the world. Now we'll hear from Canada's Leila Fernandez. Like for me, Serena's achieved so much in the game. And, you know, to be playing for this long, I think it's really inspiring and um, just, just shows her drive. And, and it's just quite incredible how how dominating she has been for, for the majority of her career. And, um yeah, I think that she, I love watching her play. And for me, facing her the other week, I was, you know, I couldn't think about who was on the other side of the court because I knew as soon as I did, like, my mind would probably start going. Um, so I, I just had to take it and look at the ball and not think about anything else. And, and it's really, really challenging. So that's Canadian tennis player Layla Fernandez commenting on the legacy of American star Serena Williams. I'm VOA Sonny Young in Washington, and you're listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. sunny side of sports on Facebook and Twitter. My Facebook address is facebook.com forward slash VOA sunny. And my Twitter handle is at VOA sunny sports. If you go to my Facebook page on this Friday, you'll see a photo of Kenyan star Elliot Kipchoge, who we heard from earlier in the show. As I mentioned, Elliot, one of 10 nominees for the 2022 Male World Athlete of the Year Award. You can check out your favorite VOA programs, including the sunny side of sports and much more at voaafrica.com. And for world news, go to voanews.com. Now 
let's go to Qatar, the host country of next month's FIFA World Cup football tournament. Qatar has opened a World of Football special museum exhibition in Doha. It features rare artifacts and memorabilia from past World Cup tournaments. VOA's Gwen Uten tells us more. Sporty greetings, Gwen. Sporty greetings, Sonny. We are just 37 days from the start of this year's FIFA World Cup in Qatar. And football fans planning to travel to Doha will have a chance to journey back in time inside the brand new 321 Qatar Olympic and Sports Museum and relive some of the greatest moments in World Cup history. The museum opened last March during the same week Doha held the World World Cup draw. Now, some of the tournament's rarest and most treasured objects are on display in a showcase dubbed the World of Football Exhibition. And museum guide Ahmed Almula encourages all World Cup fans visiting Qatar to stop by for a unique once-in-a-lifetime experience. Actually, for fans, it's going to be, I think they're going to love it, uh, especially for FIFA fans. Uh, once they come and visit the museum or the exhibition, they will be surprised with the objects that we got and the information that we have. Visitors who tour the museum will see dozens of shirts and shoes worn by some of the greatest players in the sport, including the white England shirt David Beckham wore during a FIFA World Cup qualifying match and a red replica shirt from the 1966 World Cup final signed by English footballer Sir Jeff Hurst. But, Almula says, of all the jerseys on display, the star attraction is the famous Hand of God shirt worn by Argentine soccer legend Diego Maradona. So one of the most important objects that we got in this exhibition is these T-shirts. So these T-shirts, we have 20 T-shirts, authentic T-shirts, that is uh, worn by different athletes, which is women and men. So one of the most important T-shirts that we got here is Maradona 1986 in Mexico when FIFA was hosted by Mexico. And the shirt is the real deal. Last May, Maradona's jersey was auctioned off to a secret buyer for a staggering $9 million, the highest amount paid for a shirt worn during a sports match. The shirt is now on loan to the 321 Museum, specifically for the World of Football Exhibition. Other items on display include the first written guide of the rules of football and the bronzed right foot of the iconic Brazilian forward Pele. And Almula says the exhibition also spotlights memorabilia from nearly a century ago. So one of the most important artifacts that we have in this exhibition is the 1930s Uruguay, which they first hosted the first ever FIFA in the world. And over here, we got a football for 2022 FIFA World Cup where we're going to host it here in Qatar. 
So as you can see, the past and the future comes together. The doors are now open for the World of Football exhibition at the 321 Qatar Olympic Sports Museum in Doha. The six-month exhibit runs through April 1st, 2023. So if you aren't planning to travel to Qatar for this year's World Cup tournament in November and December, you'll still have time to witness World Cup history. And that is all from me, Sunny. Back over to you. Thanks, Gwen. That's my VOA colleague, Gwen Uden. Hello, this is Heather Maxwell, host of Music Time in Africa. Join me every Saturday and Sunday for an hour of awesome African music. Like to stay on top of new music trends? Breakout artists? New releases? Maybe you just love the classic styles and artists of the past. Or simply the sound and feel of a good beat. Whatever your pleasure, you can get it every week right here on Music Time in Africa. So join me on your local FM station, Saturdays and Sundays at 1500 and 2000 UTC. Thanks, Heather. I'm VOA's Sonny Young in Washington, and you're listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. Samson Omale joins us once again with another extra spicy package of weekend African sports highlights. And Samson says he'll be kicking off with Africa's premier club football competition. Sporty greetings, Samson. Sporty greetings to you too, Sunny. We begin the wrap of Africa sport highlights for this weekend with a look at the return leg fixtures in the second preliminary round of the elite Africa club championship, the CAF Champions League. Ugandan champions Viper SC will be up to make history by seeking their first ever ticket to the group stage of the CAF Champions League when they play Congolese Giants TP Mazembe in Lubumbashi. The two sides played to a goalless draw in the first leg in Kampala last weekend. Viper SC forward Milton Kalisa believes despite the draw in Kitinde, his side picked up positives that will help them sail through to the next stage of the championship. I had not seen how they play and we saw how they play so Hopefully we are, uh, the coaches have helped us and we are going to utilize the weaknesses we've, we, we saw them uh, with and I'm sure we are also going to correct where we didn't do right and get ready to get the maximum points and qualify the team to the group stages. In Tunisia, Nigerian side Plata United face a Herculean task when they take on Asperance du Tunis despite their 2-1 lead from the first leg. Another Nigerian side, Rivers United, will be up against the current title holders, Widen Athletic Club of Morocco, on the tough stomping ground at the Mohamed V Stadium in Casablanca. Rivers United festers Austin says they hope to get the job done in Casablanca. We are focused and uh, we know how important this game is. I think uh, we have done the job uh, 50% halfway in Nigeria and here we are in Morocco and uh, we just have to bring out our best and uh, uh, remain focused. 
South Africa, Memelody Sundowns will host La Passe of Seychelles in the second leg, second round preliminary game at the Loftus Versville Stadium after last weekend's 7 0 thrumping of the Islanders. Memelody Sundowns legendary Champions League winning centre back Wayne and Rense says the South Africans will be taking a huge advantage into tonight's game. You said they scored seven goals and showed the proper attitude. And at the same time, you're sending a message because when you play your, your top team, Joel Ali's, wherever they are, and they come to Loftus, you must know that this is a slaughterhouse. We, we, we scored seven, next week we're scoring five, we scored four the last weekend, you know, those sort of things. So those are the things that the, the other clubs are also looking into because they can they look, do their video analysis and say, guys, we need to be aware of Sunnahs because they, got, they scored 14 goals in the last two games. A total of 16 matches are scheduled to be played across various venues this weekend in the return leg fixtures in the CAF Champions League. Staying with football news, the Namibian Football Association and the Federation International to Football Association FIFA this week launched a course which will focus on upgrading the skills of grassroots coaches across all 14 regions in Namibia. The week-long coaching course took place at the NFA house in Winhook. Zenit Moore is a technical director of the Mauritius Football Association and is a lead trainer at the workshop. It's a very holistic program. If you already understand that if we can bring in uh, players at a very early age, at the starter, beginner age, we can already put them on the correct path in terms of how a football career can be developed, what are the correct techniques, what they need to be able to do going forward. Jacqueline Chipanga is the technical expert from FIFA. If we can use football as a tool to drive social change, we can achieve so much more. We usually say, if you do, FIFA does. In women's football, the head coach of Nigeria under-17 women's national team, Bankole Oluokere, has assured that the Flamingos will bounce back against New Zealand after Tuesday's opening 2-1 defeat to Germany at the under-17 women's World Cup in India. The Flamingos clashed with New Zealand in a must-win battle at the Jawaharlal Nehru Stadium on Friday to guarantee their chances of advancing from Group B. Oluokere said the girls had learnt their lessons from the defeat and were ready to take on the New Zealanders. The areas that we are, we are first shot, we'll be able to work on that. We'll come back to the field, we'll be able to make one or two corrections. There are some loose marks that we have there that we'll pay daily for. So we'll be able to correct that. And other tactical things that uh, we need to correct on, so we'll be able to work on that one. And now to Ghana, where the 2022-2023 Ghana Women's Premier League will kick off this weekend. Ghana Football Association President Kurt Okraku is also excited over the sponsorship deal the Federation was able to secure for the Women's League for the first time since its establishment 12 years ago. The sponsorship deal spans a period of three years starting from the 2022-2023 season. Mr. Okraku is keen on developing the women's game in Ghana. The Football Association called upon corporate Ghana to come along and to believe in our vision to give opportunities to our ladies, to our girls, to realize their dreams. Staying with football news, Nigeria's Super Eagles goalkeeper Francis Ozor was in top form as his club Omonia Nicosia clashed with Manchester United in a UEFA Europa League match on Thursday night. Uzoha had denied Cristiano Ronaldo and Marcus Rashford from scoring. In the process, accrued an impressive 12 saves, with nine of them coming from inside the box and only conceded in the 93rd minute. Uzoha, who trended on Twitter for his great performance in the match and even caught the eyes of top footballer Cristiano Ronaldo, said Thursday's performance 
against the Reds was arguably one of his best performance in recent times. I am, I am part of my teammates, most especially because it was not uh, a one-man job. We, we gave everything out there in the team and uh, in the field. So and I'm also, like I said, happy with my performance. And uh, okay, I am not disappointed, though, because I, we had a great game. Uh, but uh, I would have uh, preferred to, to get at least a point. But I'm happy. It's not an easy stadium to play in with these big players. The match ended 1-0 in favour of the home team, Manchester United. And now to rugby news. Uganda women's rugby team will take on Zambia and Kenya in the Rugby Africa Women's Cup that will be hosted at the Mutesa II Stadium in Wankukuluku. The Rugby Africa Women's Cup is a 15-a-side women's rugby competition that was launched in 2019. Uganda will play host to Zambia on the 25th of November and neighbours Kenya on the 2nd of November. On the 29th, it will be the turn of Kenya versus Zambia. Lady Cranes head coach Leonard Labambula says the team has been preparing for eight months and are ready for the challenge. Uh, we started uh, training for March. It's been eight years of hard, uh, sorry, eight months of uh, hard work, and we're looking forward uh, to those two games. Uh, we've uh, we've had small uh, turnovers. Uh, last year we had about eight players that are not part of this group. And we have eight uncapped players, and it's amazing how they've grown to this date. And we're looking forward to their performance on the pitch. In athletics, this year's iconic Cape Town Marathon is expected to see 13,000 runners from across the country and the world participate in the 42.2 kilometers race set for Sunday in South Africa. This year's race shows 5% of marathon runners reside outside of South Africa, coming from 70 countries with 80 athletes coming from the United States of America. Voice of America! And as the Voice of America celebrates its 80th year of broadcasting, let's give a sunny side of sports salute to Samson Omale for that spicy African sports package. And that wraps up the October 14th edition of the show. Thank you for tuning in. I'm VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. Have a good weekend, everyone. I get it. And that's the sunny side of sports.